This is the happy hour. You guys want the happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Monday. Damn, Bach, are you deaf? I know. Rico, I can say the same thing about you over here, man. I can say the same thing about you. It hurt my ears. Um, Why is my camera so messed up? I know. What is happening I noticed that on the crossover. Um, Welcome into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you as usual. Rico, how was last week, man? Hey there. Last week was fun. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I was back here, you know, doing my thing, sliding sliders, pushing buttons, and uh, you know, it. filling in for the little bit of hours that you guys were off the air, doing your own things, getting lunch, getting water, uh, preparing your voices for for calling all those games that you guys called last well, week. Well, I appreciate that. But appreciate uh, that. yeah, no, I'm doing good. I hope you're doing good. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm to buy you some tea or something. We just said you were tired of tea. So. I, I am. Um, I, I can shout out uh, the mill. Shout out to the mill. Shout out to the mill. Because uh, they were very gracious on the tea. One time you said, uh, I've had three teas today. Yeah, three (laughs) teas, and it was like 11 a.m. I I am, they they have a delicious tea called the Blue Eyes. I walked in, I walked into the mill, and I was like, what kind of teas do you guys have? And she looks over at all of the teas on the counter, and I was, or on the the shelf. Have you ever been to the downtown mill? You kind of know where I'm talking about. But it's like oh, this entire bookshelf that like, spans over like ten, five yards of just teas, and they're just jars of tea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no clue what I'm looking at. I was like, what's your most popular? And she's like, well, what are you looking for? Are you looking for anti- antioxidants? Are you looking for minerals? Like, Are you looking for, for cold and flu? Looking to save my throat. And I was like, anything warm, anything that will help maybe save my voice a little bit. And she's like, that limits it down to about 30 options. And I wow. was like... Just give me your most popular. Really? I was like, I don't care about what it is. Give me a blue. It's called Blue Eyes. Highly recommend. It's delicious. Not a big tea guy, but the Blue Eyes from the mill was delicious. So really shout limiting. out to those guys. Um, and I went to the mill probably ten times last week. Made ten walks to the mill last week, and one of the times I bought three cups wow. of tea. So you kept them in business much, last week. <laughs> much cheaper. Much cheaper. I will say, tea is much cheaper than than coffee. It's true. If you're a tea person instead of coffee and you go to a coffee shop and get tea, I mean, much cheaper. I was shocked at how inexpensive it was. But anyway, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line. Both those will be open for you guys the uh, the entire show here. Uh, appreciate. I, I will say this. Uh, I said it on Saturday night at the state tournament championship games uh, after Class A, but I'll say it again here because there might be more people listening right now. Appreciate you guys for for hanging on with us during last week. Um, it's a lot to ask for listeners to basically number one completely change what you're used to, right? Mm-hmm. Completely change the the schedule that you're used to of hearing the drive and then the captain, then uh, the water cooler, then happy hour, then old or old school on the block and, and all that, and just have girls high school basketball on. Here's I understand. Basketball. I understand it might not be 
your cup of tea, but ah. um, I, I appreciate you guys, the, I, the support from all of our sponsors. Shout out to them. Um, appreciate everybody that kind of just helped out in the production, all the people back in the studio, Jake selling everything, um, and then Carter and Carter and Josh and, and everybody strict Jay for, for coming down and hanging out as well. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to this week. But for right now, it's back to the normal radio shows for Monday, Tuesday, then for Wednesday. Two days. Yeah, then Wednesday we'll get back at it, and next week will be completely normal. Next week we also have the March Madness starting up. We also have March Madness Is starting it? up. We next. also, yep, it's it's the 16th and 17th. Oh, the first four. And guess what? St. Patrick's Day is the following Friday as well. Nice. So, um, it's going to be a really fun time. So it is going to be fun. This is a fun time at 93.7 The Ticket. Fun and busy time. A lot of basketball. Yeah. Rico, is your Wi-Fi working? My Wi-Fi on my laptop? I don't know. Probably. I think so, yeah. I'm going to restart the laptop. Either yeah, way. No, it, ha- it happens. Okay, so 402-464-5685, the Honda Vegan Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Rico, Matt Rule spoke today. Yes. And there was something, the, the thing that stuck out to me the most on, on how fascinating it is, and maybe because teams have off-season competitions all the time, all the time, and I'm sure Nebraska, under the previous regime and un- previous coaches, had off-season competitions, right? Probably. But we're starting to see this to where Matt Rule, things are starting to sort of come to fruition on how he spoke and how he told us that he wanted to operate his program way back in late November or early December, we're starting to kind of see those things come to fruition. And, and mostly we're talking on the people side of things, right? Get to know people as people rather than just football players. And he mentioned that a couple times today when he spoke about how, hey, yeah, listen, we are we're trying to figure out, get these guys as people because we put so many labels on these 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids um, that we we talk so much about how it's football, football, football mm-hmm. and not talking about them as people. Do you want to hear more details on the offseason yes, competition? Yes, because this is what I was going to say. It's about uh, minute 35, yep. 32. That should be right. Okay. And so it, it basically he talks about this offseason competition that I thought was really interesting because it talks about the competitiveness, but not necessarily on the football field. So just take a listen. Yeah, so we, we divided up into teams. Um, you know, we selected some veteran guys to be captains. Um, and then uh, we went for seven weeks. And it's everything from, you know, gaining points for community service, for attending other teams' events, for um, competitions, for community, I said community service. Um, it's lost points for missing study halls, being late to things. And so it's really, whereas most football teams are based upon your physical ability, you learn very quickly that, hey, your accountability and your ability to do what you say you're going to do is really important. And we want to be a team that when we play, we don't beat ourselves. So we're, you know, what measured against reward, it gets done. Reward, rewarding guys for doing the right thing and going above and beyond. What it also does is guys break out of their cliques, their friend groups, and they start to get to know each other and start to value each other for – their contributions, not not necessarily always physical, but also personal. So that goes on for several weeks. Ed Foley runs it; he does a great job. You know, they have redrafts. You can you know protect the player. There's some different things that they do, and that leads us into this week. So Thomas's team won, came down the stretch, and they they blew it out the last week. And then on Friday, we selected new teams. You know, they all selected a Twitter handle. We go into what we call Team Commitment Week from Friday to Friday, and uh, 
it's one week of you know there are no the, the only rule is there are no rules you know you you, uh, you get points for doing you know g- good things you lose points for missing things there's team competitions every morning team you know optional team building activities at night and it's just a great chance for us all to get to know each other uh, not just as football players but as people so once again Matt Rule on the offseason competition the main the main things that I, I kind of tweeted out earlier during the presser seven weeks long and and this was the most interesting one. Yeah, team team point team. Excuse me. Specific teams earn points on competitions every morning, physical side of things, but teams also earn points for attending other Nebraska sporting events. Matt Rule spoke about how um, you if you take a picture with all your guys at that sporting event, you earn points. All of them. If you if That's you get 10, all, right? no, so it's if you get all of them there, you earn double the mm. points. If you get just a couple people there, it's just more points. Okay. So. Thomas Fedoni told us later on that there's about 12 people involved in a team. And so Thomas Fedoni's team obviously won like Matt Rule talked about. And Matt Rule said, I showed up to a women's tennis match, or yeah, women's tennis match, and there were 40 football players there. And he said, yeah, it's, it, I understand that it's part of to earn points, to win for the competition, but it gets them out and about. It gets them in the community. It shows other student athletes like, hey, we do care about coming to these things. So teams earn points for attending other sporting events, for community service, talking at schools, giving speeches, things like that, and they lose points if they miss the academic side of things, if they miss study halls, if they miss class, if they miss meetings, if they miss practice, things like that, teams lose points. It it creates this accountability side of things to where if one guy misses, you all suffer. Mm Mm-hmm. You all and, suffer, and like you said, it kind of gets them out of their out of their clicks. Um, where you know you'll have guys who you know they did a little draft, and you know you draft your friends, you find out one of your friends isn't very timely, and will show up late to a lot of things. So you end up you know not cutting that guy off, but you know taking him off your team, and you're getting somebody who who shows up to things, or you get you know uh, you, you took if you're a wide receiver, you took all wide receivers, you realize the physical side of things. You're like, oh, I need a big guy in there. Let's go get a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman for some of this physical stuff. So it, it gets these guys to. Um, um, kind of get out of their comfort zones, get out of their cliques, and 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 introduce themselves to everybody on the team, and and you know make new friends. And like you said, getting introduced or reintroduced to um, other student athletes, and just being able to have them to just having more friends around, and getting introduced to the community, being great pillars in the community around Lincoln. So it's it's kind of interesting to see a couple of the other things that Matt Rule hit on earlier today. Um, he also added with the offseason competition, he added this quote. I won't tell you who Mr. Irrelevant was, but it was a guy who started here last year. And that's all he said. All right, so we're going to go through 22 people. No, we are not. We're, we're going to go gonna through all 22, and we're going to figure out who Mr. Irrelevant was. We are not going to speculate. I have an idea. We're not speculating. <laughs> we are not that kind of show. I'm just saying. We, we shall not be that kind of show. Um, anyway, so once again, 402. Four six four five. The text I could speculate. Go ahead. Eight five. Yeah, go ahead. Speculate. I'll let you know if we line. have the same idea. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Honda Lincoln That's Hotline. Starter Heyman text line. Um, okay, so let's let's switch lanes here. We're going to be joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here coming up in about ten minutes or so. Uh, to talk Husker sports, he was obviously at the press conference today. There was a lot of fascinating things from Thomas Fedoni and Chief Borders, who we also heard from. So we'll we'll get Steve's thoughts on that here shortly. Did anybody and ask then, Chief about his pole vaulting future? Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time, perfect, big time. He he talked to you about how ESPN reached out for rights to the video, and he and didn't give them rights without being paid. Nil. 
No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Anyway, so I, it's just he, he it's a way for him to build his brand, I suppose, and, and he kind of talked about that a little bit too. So um, before we get to Steve, let's talk Husker hoops real quick. Because Why would we do that? Yesterday, Nebraska finished off their regular season, and somehow, someway, they are 16-15 and 15 this season. Look at that. With no starters since January 21st, Nebraska men's basketball is 16-15. and 15. And I wonder, they, they will play Minnesota on Wednesday at 8 p.m. as well. I honestly think they got a pretty favorable draw. Yeah, let's talk about that, because okay. it's... It's Minnesota, mm-hmm. who you feel relatively confident yeah. with. And and I think this is where the conversation has changed, but you can also see the authenticity with Nebraska fans because there's like this aching and creepy thought in the back of our minds of like, we know what Nebraska basketball usually is like, and no game, you should, you should, not, you should not be able to go into a game and be like, yeah, we should win this game. Mm-hmm. Because in previous years, Nebraska's been a higher seed. They've, they've been upset, right? They've either been a lower seed and they've maybe won or they've just not shown up at all. This year, it seems like it's a little bit different, and I have to keep reminding myself that it feels different this year Mm -hmm. because that that creepy thought in the back of my mind, right when we saw the draw that Nebraska was going to have to play on Wednesday, I'm like, all right, well, here we go, like holding our breath on Wednesday night about with Minnesota because it's a team. 8 p.m. Because it's a team that Nebraska has beaten now twice this season, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, um, we know what Nebraska basketball history-wise has told us in the Big Ten tournament, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to beat a team three times. Well, it's, it's not even that. It's that it's whether or not Nebraska is going to show up. We don't know what time, type of – in years past, we haven't known what type of Nebraska team is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the type that Taran Petaway can drop 30? Or is it going to be the type where he goes one of 12 from the field? Is it a type where, where Brandon Ubell is going to lead the team in scoring? Or is it going to be – David Rivers leading the team in scoring. Like, is it the what, team that beat, happen? Is it the team that beat Minnesota in overtime and got taken to the wire, or the team that beat Minnesota by eleven? But I think that's that's where we can we can look at it and go. Either way, you need to feel a little more comfortable about about how this team can perform and how it will perform and and what type of of program will show up because now down the stretch, especially, and I remember what I was saying after the Minnesota game. Like, listen, we're not used to this team being able to close out a game with free throws. They did that a couple times this year. Free throw shooting was was abysmal. It mm-hmm. was. but You were terrified if they had a two-point yes. lead going down the stretch because you yes. knew you weren't going to hold it. Yes, and, and, and there's always room for improvement, but they've put away teams with free throws. They have done that before. Maybe not consistently, but they have done it. They've mm-hmm. shown the ability to. They've also shown the ability to blow out bad teams, whether that's Minnesota, like Rico said, they've also shown the ability to go on the road and win, whether it's at Rutgers, whether it's at Iowa. They've also... Those are two really... I I don't think that those are being talked about. Those are two very impressive places to win. Yeah. Like, you go to the now... Uh, uh, what is Jersey Mike Center, the formerly known as the Rack, and you go to Carver Hawkeye and you win. You haven't won in Carver Hawkeye in nine uh, nine attempts. Yeah, you, the the Rack is a place where teams go to die. Like those those are two places that road teams don't fare very well. And Nebraska won at both of those venues this year. And I would like to also say that that's been without two of your starters and with a guy in Sam Hoiberg who's a walk on. That if you would have told people, hey, take take the name out of it. Hey, in year four of Fred Hoiberg, you're going to have two injuries to your two 
two of your starters in January, and your sixth man off the bench is going to be a walk-on. With no names, with no names associated to it. You're sitting there going, Oh boy, this is gonna this is this is a five and looks, five and thirty year. Looks like another bad year. Yeah, this is a five five and twenty eight record kind of team, right? Seven and twenty five, here we go again. But we're sixteen and fifteen. You beat Iowa on the road. You finished <laughs> the regular season no, five over five hundred. There is there is no reason or, or like I sit here and I, I look for a reason on why we would have believed this or thought that this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Knowing Nebraska basketball, knowing the struggles that Fred Hoiberg has went through, knowing all the changes and all the new faces and everything. And I would have never picked 16 and 15 or anywhere close to that back on back in January. I picked well, yeah, back in January. I picked like 16 like one game over, one game under 500 at the beginning of the season. I said that was the mark that I wanted to get to, and then as it went on, you started getting more confident in this team. And then, like yeah. you said, January, you lose two of your starters, and it's like you're in a you were in a dark place as a Nebraska basketball fan because you're like, all right, well, this is it. This is this is the downfall of Nebraska. This is probably the last yeah. year of Fred Hoiberg pulls things together, shows how good of how great of a coach he really is. Is able to have his his walk on son come off the bench and provide you with the spark you need. Is able to get everything and then some out of the starters that he had and out of the bench that he had uh, that he he had built around this team and finishes the season a game over 500. That may not seem like a lot, but in terms of what you lost and what you had going into this season or, or what everybody thought you had and the previous three years of the regime, that is a massive accomplishment. Well, I think I think it also points to maybe some of the changes that Fred made in the offseason as well. The ability to go from offense focus to defense focus and have it work. It's that. It's also personnel. I think is a big thing with it. How the roster is going to be. How it. How it's going to be constructed. Um, and unnamed texture sums it up perfectly. What gives me hope is that it feels like this is the first team in a while where we aren't completely leaning on a couple of guys. Despite losing starters, multiple guys have stepped up and played not just well but great. Now, I want to. I want to talk about that because there was this thought at the beginning of the season. This is what makes this whole entire thing even more fascinating on name Texter. And we'll, we'll take a break here in a moment is that yes, at the beginning of the season, it was, Hey, yeah, they don't have a guy that's going to go out and drop 35 points or they don't have a guy that's going to go out and drop 30 every game. Mm-hmm. And, and if you would have asked somebody who that guy was going to be, it wasn't going to be Casey Tominaga. It was going to be like, Hey, yeah, Emmanuel Bandamel might, or Derek Walker might go out and drop 23 in a game. Right. And he's done that. But now it's it's it goes even a step further where it's at the beginning of the season that was the conversation with the starters. But now we're having the 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 that exact same conversation without two of your starters. Without them. And and nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's been there was it was a rocky transition for those first couple games right after the injuries. They're where they lost, I think they lost four in a row. Mm-hmm. But now they're playing smooth and together, and that's what that's kind of all we've asked for for now four years. When you had continuous change and continuous dumps of players from the transfer portal onto this roster, and yeah, next year. You might you can sit here and say, yeah, listen, like Sam Griesel's not going to be here. Derek Walker's not going to be here. Who knows what Casey Tominaga is going to do? Emmanuel Bandemel is not going to be here. Maybe, but also they've shown the ability to where 
if the Ross and this goes back to the roster construction, that if it's constructed in a specific way and in, in the way that maybe Fred Hoiberg now wants to do it, whether it's the mentality of defense first, whether it's the mentality of like, hey, we're not going to lean on one. I mean, NBA guys are great. They 100% are. And Bryson McGowan's was phenomenal for Nebraska last year. Should have probably been Big Ten freshman of the year, but then Malachi Branham from Ohio State took it. It's fine. He was robbed. But here he is. We can sit here and go, all right, Nebraska doesn't need a Bryce McGowan's next year. Nebraska doesn't need somebody a, a Taran Petaway. They don't. They don't need that. And, and also, when you look, everything's going to look so much worse now this season. And I think this is important to keep in mind. Last last point before we get to break. It's going to look a lot worse right now that Nebraska's the 11 seed because of how the conference is. Just to, just to put it into perspective, if Northwestern would have lost yesterday, they were the nine seed. If they won, they were the two seed. That that two through nine is absolutely bonkers. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Think about that. One game, either if you win, you're the two seed. If you lose, you're the nine seed. You win, that's you have the two difference. <laughs> that's the difference between having to play on Friday and only having to win th- three games to be the Big Ten title winner. Three games. Or having to play on Thursday and having to play another entire game against one of those middle-of-the-road teams that are half a game back from you. That might get hot. It's, it's, it's completely unreal. So with a 9-11 and conference record and a 16-15 and overall record, we have now seen that, yes, the Big Ten's good from top to bottom. Even Like Minnesota even has a player. Ohio State has some guys, whatever it may be. But here we are. And Nebraska has now seen, and Fred Hoiberg more specifically has now seen, with the staff around him and Adam Howard, Nate Lenzer, Ernie Zeigler, things like that, that, hey, we don't need to go out and get Taran Petaway. We don't, I, I understand that Taran's not a, a guy that, that was Fred's one of Fred's players. We don't need to go out and get, I don't want to say a five-star, because five-stars are great, but like... It's, it's, I know what you're trying to say. You don't, you don't have don't to go need... get a, a, a score every year. Like, you, you, don't can need that you can win and compete. You can win and compete. Nebraska did it, has shown it. You can win and compete with with a, a, a group of guys that, that, so generic, play hard and hustle and compete and just grind it out. In a physical conference like the Big Ten, you can compete. And if you do the little things well, like turning over or, the, or you know limiting turnovers, making free throws, and then you run into a team just on a bad shooting night, you're going to be okay. And also, you've seen it to where Nebraska can fill up a flipping arena of 15,500 seats when they're 13 and 14. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's fun to, it's fun to watch and uh, the journey continues on on Wednesday. Let's take a break. We'll be joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska coming up next. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.